Hey, big love fam. Welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all, exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo combos about super woo shit, unpacking what I call the science of self, from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. All right, you guys, let's dive into this episode. So I was guided to talk about narcissism only because it's been so rife in the collective field, but also amongst client sessions. And it's something that I got really interested in because I came out of a narcissistic relationship over the summer. I didn't even realize it. I was like, wait, oh my God. It just lit so much up in, within myself that it's been really kind of fascinating to unpack things. So how information comes to me is I'm either guided or led to information, or I just get like a download or an upload, if you will. And that's how I navigate. So it'll just come into my awareness or I'm guided to talk about it. So we're going to talk about narcissism. This is probably going to be a multi-part series. So let's dive in. First, let's define what narcissism is. There's two types. There's covert and introverted narcissism. I've experienced both of these things. Two atypical types. There's overt, obviously we know, which is grandiose, vain, self-absorbed. And then the covert narcissism, which is to me the most dangerous, which is what I experienced. These folks tend to be very under the radar. It's very insidious. It's malignant, manipulative, and extremely emotionally damaging to those who grow up with these types of parents. And many of you guys in sessions have grown up with a narcissistic parent. So I'm definitely seeing this very much. And I'm going to get into a lot of what that looks like at frequency level a little bit down the road of this episode. So narcissists are born from emotional abandonment and neglect. They develop an overly sense of importance, which is used to disguise their own self-worth, typically non-deserving patterns at frequency level. And the affect or strategy that is employed for safety at frequency level is a workaround. So when a child's needs are not met, they are more likely to develop an overdeveloped sense of self, like grandiosity, or an underdeveloped sense of self, like low self-worth, non-deserving. A lot of the affects or strategies that are employed for safety at frequency level are created as workarounds or like a derivative of childhood abandonment or neglect. And a lot of times that presents itself as, if you're a parent, as very helicopter, over-involved, over-controlling these types of folks, particularly on the maternal side, because if you're looking at generationally, Gen X millennial type typically had a father or a parent that was in a workaholism pattern. So very much about, you know, fulfilling the American dream type, or you had a parent that was working double shifts and just not around. So when the paternal figure is not around, it opens up a whole big can of narcissistic underwhelm, like can of emotional neglect and all these other things that can derive from it. So when a child's needs aren't met, they will 
love others beyond themselves and constantly attract relationships that perpetuate emotional abuse and victimhood in their partners. So what they are doing is typically never enough or what they are doing is not good. So they're either doing not enough or what they've done isn't right. That is very disarming to the nervous system. The nervous system doesn't know how to respond to that. So am I doing this right? Am I not doing this right? Like, how am I navigating here? So when your nervous system is imprinted, if you will, or if you've scanned a lot of this behavior in the unseen as a kid, you're taught to irregulate. That irregulation becomes your baseline. And then you will attract situations to you that constantly need fixing. So I see this fix-it pattern a lot or this over-responsibility pattern a lot with people who have a regulated nervous systems, typically when they come from a narcissistic parent. And then the other parent will be in an, in an abandonment dynamic. And when I say I've had, what, 150 sessions the last two, three weeks, and across the board, an emerging pattern has been one of the parents is unavailable and the person who's running the show is the mother who is running more masculine tendency or masculine patterning and has narcissistic tendencies. And the child has absolutely no idea how to cultivate a sense of self. There's all of this invasion of privacy. There's all of this imprinting on the nervous system. The nervous system learns how to be regulated and then learns how to be an overperformer, overachiever and go into overdrive. And then what will happen is underneath that, the programming around lack and sacrifice typically and or victim it goes right behind that. Those things work in conjunction and those programs will run to create and produce simulations that are there to mirror fix it. So you'll create or be attracted to situations that are highly dysfunctional in order for you to go in and fix them. I know this very well. I spent a long time in my fashionista career when I was globetrotting and going back and forth between coasts constantly finding dysfunctional companies and fixing them because it was mirroring my own parental dynamic. It makes perfect sense when you get down to the ones and zeros. You're like, oh my God, this orchestrated so perfectly. Like how can this not? It's, I was like, this is just so good. It's such good learning. So that's why when you can get to the point where you can look objectively at what's happening and know that it's not you, it's just your responsibility to clean it up. It gets easier you start to fall in love deeply with the process of what it's like to truly meet yourself. I have some notes here just because I know that there was a lot to cover and I want to make sure that I get everything down. Okay. So products of covert narcissistic parents never stop loving their narcissistic parent. They stop loving themselves. Let me say that again. Products of covert narcissistic parents never stop loving their narcissistic parent. They stop loving themselves because a parent with narcissistic tendencies under the guise of giving everything to their kids are really highly skilled at making things about them. So it will be selfish in nature, manipulative. You're not going to get a whole lot of like, I'm sorry, and emotional maturity and learning how to navigate tough conversations and looking at kind of the shadow side of things. You're not going to get that from a narcissistic parent. You're just not. They're going to brush it under the rug. Or if you have multiple siblings, they will tell a sibling and create a triangulation dynamic. And then that sibling will be in a position to actually tell you what's going on. 
So under this guise of creating connection or making a bid for connection, there will be hearsay and gossip. And so that will undermine the product of a narcissistic parent because we don't know how to actually be seen, heard, and validated in that type of experience. How do we know how to cultivate a real sense of self if we're not being shown how to navigate tough conversations? So you're typically dealing with a very emotionally immature parent as well, or person. Even in romantic partnerships and romantic relationships, there is a tremendous amount of gaslighting that goes on. I need to take a deep breath for this because this is a silent epidemic in culture. The gaslighting that is going on, not only in families and in romantic relationships, but in also corporate settings, is off the freaking hook. If you look at what's happened politically, if you look at what's happening with the vaccines, if you look at what's happening with health crisis and issues, you're being told that the information that you feel that is true to be true for yourself is incorrect. You're being told that your experience is incorrect. That's essentially what gaslighting is. When someone tells you what your experience is as an override to your own. I know what's best for you. You didn't really feel that way. It was more like this. They're recalling it differently. So if you look at what's happening in the government systems right now, the government systems are completely gaslighting everyone. They're like, what do you mean? We didn't say that. That's crazy. No, the facts, you guys just misread the data. Oh, we did. We did. Is that what we did? Yeah, I don't think so. So there is this collective and over time, That is very dangerous because once again, your nervous system has no idea how to manage what's right and not right for it. Then your mind is processing everything. So you're processing your environment. It's creating all this data. It's aggregating that data and creating potential outcomes for you to go into. You can only go into path A, B, C, D, and E because that's the predictive outcomes based on your history. That's all you can do. So literally overriding your own subconscious programming can be an extreme sport in the beginning. Then it gets a lot easier. I had a client tell me that and I was like, oh my God, that is such a great way to explain the awakening process. It's, it's an extreme sport. It is because you're in this hypervigilance of having to override your own thoughts and understanding that 95% of our life is created from subconscious programming. We're like, we're in a program, you know, we are asleep. So we are offline coming online and being hyper vigilant about these types of people and players and characters that come into your life. What is the narcissist here to teach me? What am I learning from this narcissist? How did I grow up in this? Right. Or what did I, what am I taking away? Where is that in myself? Where have I elicited that same behavior? Oh, it's a big one. Okay. So I will say at frequency level, these folks typically present physical issues around immunity, nervous system that is, are over or underdriven, thyroid issues over under, right? So you even have an overactive or an underactive thyroid and liver. I'm going to talk about the adrenals in a second. And when I say these folks, I'm talking about clients, people, y'all who have come from a narcissistic dynamic or 
a paradigm where there is abandonment and or narcissism at play, you typically will present, at least this is what I've seen, there will be physical and chronic pain. There will be issues. How about fibromyalgia, which it's an attack on the nervous system. So you will have immunity issues, nervous system issues. So you have an over or an underactive nervous system. Your nervous system will only understand two states, fight or free or flight. Yes, there's freeze and fawn, but it's really a go, no go. It's very polarized. Your thyroid will be overactive or underactive. I went through a ton of thyroid issues in my early thirties. When I started really looking at abuse, it was brutal. Emotionally, they will have very little access to self, lots of fear patterns and loads of imposter syndrome so that they rely on the narcissistic counterpart to identify or create problems that insert themselves at the solution. I'm going to say that again. When you're running all of these things, okay, you have these physical issues and you have very little access to yourself because you haven't learned how to cultivate that. You have a lot of fear patterns and what those patterns will do is they will produce problems. Okay. You'll share those problems with the narcissist and then they will insert themselves as the solution. Here we go with the gaslighting. So if you're presenting how you feel to a narcissist, they tell you, you didn't really feel that way. You're like, oh yeah, right. I didn't. That completely undermines your whole constitution of self, right? Makes sense. The narcissist inserts themselves as a solution. You can't make a decision without me. I need to know. Under the guise of not really needing to know, like really laissez-faire, cool about it, needing to know. So in the relationship that I very, it was very short-lived, I woke up out of that spell in about six, seven weeks. The narcissism that was going on was wild to the point where I was like, how did I allow myself to get so controlled in this situation? It was kind of shocking to me actually, but it was really good because all this stuff got to come up to the surface and I just had this huge clean out, like so wiped out. It was amazing, but painful in the beginning, like really deeply alarming at a core level to my nervous system. But I literally got to the point where I would share what was going on. I would have a good idea of how I felt about it. And then by the end of the conversation, I was completely flipped. I wasn't allowed really to make a decision without them. I was undermining my own abilities and skills and know-how in order to have this person's bid and approval. Essentially, they make it impossible for you to make a decision on your own. General support for you comes when you have to explain or defend yourself. So let's talk about a few signs of a covert narcissist and identifying the things that are beneath them so you guys can be prepared for these types of things. And then we'll get into some solutions and practical application and we'll we'll go from there. Okay. So a covert narcissists are chronic malcontents. Their dismissiveness, moodiness, complaining, general negativity, chronic victimhood can be also identified as the following. Entitlement, drama. They have a tendency to make things centered around them. Arrogance, which is always masking low self-esteem and comes out of antagonist listing about all their unrecognized gifts, all while dismissing the knowledge of other people. Validation seeking, which comes in the way of their vast gifts and contributions to the world. Like, look how much I've been available. Look how much I've given you. I've always been, you know, on your side, this type of thing. Meanwhile, not taking any ounce of 
accountability for their behavior. Passive aggressiveness, kind of that sullen back door. Must be nice to have such a big house. This kind of vibe. It's very manipulative and right under the surface. I always see like rage and paranoia. Hypersensitivity also could be like a total lack of empathy, like an on-off switch where they're just like, yeah, I don't care. I'm over it. So they'll be deeply affected by it. Very emotional, very dramatic. And then it'll just be like a quick, I'm over it. Chronic argumentation. Okay. I don't know if that was a word. Chronic argumentative. Maybe that's the better word. Okay. You'll see splitting which can be very polarizing in topics. So when someone splits, there's no real discourse. There's no gray area, right? It's polarizing on topics. It's accompanied with self-righteousness, religion, politics, and they can't see any irony in their own malignant verbal assaults. Very judgmental in nature. And that's very hard to be in the company with They're just difficult. And so you're on eggshells all the time. The nervous system is bracing. So the anxiety that you're feeling in this environment, you're bracing for the worst. You're in a hyper survivability state. And then you leave that environment. Oh, and then you have to re-regulate all over again. Another trait to look out for is kind of this sullen arrogance, insecurities and quiet rage floating under the surface. So you'll always kind of see this like convincing of self that they're XYZ. The other thing you'll see is devaluation. So they will devalue the folks around them. So you will be diminished in your own attempts to be social under the guise of needing approval from others. So the devaluation, you can also look at it like this. If you've ever been in an environment where someone really, really compliments external features, Isn't my son so handsome? Isn't he so this, 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 that coddling, overbearing, kind of hyper focus on outward appearance type of language is all about getting the narcissist's approval in public. The narcissist wants the public to look at them like they are the best. This is parent, supervisor, teacher, educator, healer that has narcissistic tendencies that's on the darker side, they will constantly beef themselves up. They will sell, okay, diminish, and have to have the opinion of others validate them in public. It's very important for them to have public approval. This is where it gets really crazy because as a child or as a partner, if you're in that environment and you're constantly having to defend They defend their own behavior in front of people and then showcase their best assets, which is never really them. It's the things that they produced. This is where it gets really freaking crazy. So if you're the byproduct of that and you come into session and let's say you have borderline personality disorder, let's say you have chronic pain, let's say you're running into chronic fatigue. Let's say you're gaslighting yourself, saying that you have all kinds of mental health issues. And by the way, that might be partly true. But when we really get down into brass tacks, none of that stuff actually ends up being all the way true. It ends up being strategies that become employed because you have all of this information that's been thrown into your field and it's distorting your own constitution. It's distorting your own original blueprint. 
because narcissism is one of the hardest things to deprogram. But once you're aware of it, it becomes really, really easy. It takes a second. At least with me, I was like in this whirlwind, it felt like a spell. I got out of that spell and I was like, holy shit. And then everything opened up. Like I could see all of it, the way I was raised, my life, the patterning, the companies that I would work for, the people that came into my field, why I was talking to them, why they were cast kind of in my movie kind of thing. And then I could spot it like that, like so, so fast. So it does get easier. Then there's going to be a strong resistance to change. This strong resistance to change is really hard because if you're the type that is committed to a relationship and you want to have more of one that's beyond surface level, how do you come back and meet each other when there's been betrayal or you're noticing this behavior and you have a counterpart that has very little ability to navigate change and very little interest in doing so? It's virtually impossible to find a zero point again. And so you guys might have to make some decisions about how you want to move forward with these types of people in your life. Are they benefiting you? Are they amplifying you? If the manipulation and the drama, especially with family, is all under this pretense that it's family and you just have to deal, that's abuse. That is abusive. And if people are not 100% for you, rooting for you, get you, and interested in their own development and trying to pace, again, even for me, I'll speak for myself, I had to decide what I wanted my life to look like. It started just to get too frustrating. I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. So they will become very angry at others and they will trivialize other people's success to luck while their lack of success is circumstances. I saw this a lot with, particularly in relationships with men, there would just be this general like, well, must be nice for them. They just didn't think it was possible for them. So they will trivialize other people's success. You see this a lot on social media and their lack of it to circumstances. So it's very disempowered. Again, this chronic victimhood. I have this acronym that I've been developing. It came into my awareness, blew my mind. And I was like, holy shit, this is really something. I'm going to share it with you now. But I have a whole like five-part series coming out on this called Slave. This is the things that keep us enslaved. You ready? Then we'll get back to narcissism. The first thing is sacrifice. The second one, sacrifice exchange, meaning like you have to give up something in order to have it. The second one is lack, big one. I came in to this life to override pattern black. It's been, it's been a killer. A is addiction and abuse. We all know what that is, right? V victim, victim and victimhood. This also could be value of self. You just don't have a high value of it or an overinflated version of it. So you can start to kind of see where you, all these patterns can, and pattern behavior are derivatives of these four or five. And then E, you have emotions and ego. So these big five, pretty much every client I work with has one of these things that they're overcoming. Usually there's a combination. Let's say S and V and E will be working together, or there'll be like an L and a V and an A or an A and an S. 
you kind of can see how the the letters and the variables all become it's almost like a sequence. Anyway, that's coming out. So narcissism a lot of the times is related specifically to lack and then victim. So those two things. I'm not enough. Grandiosity, low self-esteem. I need to prove to you that I am through my achievements and successes through my children. And then victim is like don't really have a value of self or sense of self. And it's all woe is me with this deep desire to not really change. So they're going to dismiss their moods, dismiss how they're feeling, be very dramatic about it, and then move on. By the way, since they've gotten over it, you should just get over it too. So that's not helpful because there's no acknowledgement. So once again, you get, if you're in relationship with that type of person, you get dismissed. Your emotions, your feelings get dismissed. So you're not seen or heard. It's just more important that the other person, the counterpart is over it. So we can all just move on. Sure. That makes sense. Where do these patterns draw from? So as I mentioned, they are mirroring the victim fix-it program in you. If you are a fixer or rescuer, you attract these types. If you run control patterns in addition to victim abuse patterns, they really attract these types. And finally, if you are running the glorious trifecta of victim, fix it, and rescuer in conjunction with control, fear, and martyr frequencies, then you almost certainly have encountered or grew up with or be attracted to a narcissist, the covert, grandiose, or other narcissistic derivatives. I know that was a lot. I know this episode is a lot. Take your notes, re-listen to it. Let it wash over you because the frequency of what this episode is, is what matters. You're already getting the higher level knowledge and it will kind of wash over you. But this is just something to be aware of. And then as you listen to more of this podcast and more of my content, you'll start to get a hang of the language and you'll start to see how everything is a matrix. Everything is mapped. And again, it's aggregating to this big five that I'll talk about. So Okay, and we need to make a quick note about empaths here because the next episode about empaths and narcissists is going to be kind of a loaded one because I'm also seeing this as well. The other side of the coin of narcissism is empathy, is empathy or empaths. Empaths have a general lack of self and they have no boundaries. And usually they have a very defined ego around healing, fixing, and helping others. So there's this martyrism of wanting to save the world and knowing that they're just destined for that and they're overly sensitive and they don't have boundaries and they have to be very careful with all those things when really it's just a form of narcissism. And it's something to look at because it's almost like you're looking at the wrong thing. Empathy and empaths is a strategy. It's a strategy to me, I feel like this is what I'm seeing. It's a strategy that's employed to validate your own existence. If you don't have access to yourself, then you will reach for anything to have a sense of value, to feel a sense of value of self. That's not to say that empaths don't have abilities. I'm not saying that. However, I'm saying there's a tremendous amount of attention that's put on people who have quote unquote abilities. That in itself is a hierarchy. When you're operating in hierarchy, you're operating from the ego. That's the E. These emotions, empaths typically be very emotional. The emotions are right there on the surface. They're so deeply connected. They let people bowl over them. No, 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 no. 
this is not acceptable in the all that is. If you get bullied here and you don't have boundaries here, you don't have boundaries over in other realities and dimensions. So it is a version of narcissism. And I'll get into that in another episode, probably what will follow this one. So look out for that. But just a quick note that if you are running empathic tendencies, look at where you grew up with narcissism around you. Okay, so let's get into some solution and practical application. There's an acronym that I use called ROAR, R-O-A-R. There's a readiness to want to change. There's ownership, 100% of the patterning that you have, where it came from, and what has led you up to this point. There's accountability for all of those things. And then there's responsibility. So you're responsible to change these things. Whether or not they're yours is irrelevant. Like enough is enough. Just take responsibility for the things that are yours and clean them up. Pay attention to these patterns, the triggers, and begin deprogramming these things with pattern recognition exercise. I've got a freebie. It'll be in the show notes. Frequency work that I offer, which I can help you with. But I have loads of free content about how to do this for yourself in terms of energy transmutation. Contrary action. Cannot say this enough. And there's another technique I call with freedom mapping. Okay, let me walk you through this. So step into ROAR. Readiness, ownership, accountability, responsibility. Where is this coming? So when you're triggered, you're going to feel the trigger. What's happening right now? What's happening? The story that I tell myself, okay? The aspects of self that it's affecting, your self-affinity, your relationship with others. Is there, is it helping or is it affecting you financially? Is it affecting your relationships with your partners? these types of things. What is it affecting? It's affecting my whole life because I can't have successful relationships if X, Y, X, Y. Then you're going to look at, this is in the pattern exercise, by the way, you're going to look at the aspects of character. What character aspect of this is, is this affecting me? Like I'm running off of ego right now. I am in this lack. Like you can even reference into the top big five. What is this associated with from those big five, from the slave acronym, which is so wild that it just fits so perfectly into that because this is how we stay in enslavement. Then you want to look at like where you learned this. Whose pattern is this? Where did I learn this from? Was this a paternal line? Is it maternal line? Is this generational? If you're not sure about that, just pay attention to my feeling is you'll know. You're like, oh, I, I saw this over and over again with X, you know, this, 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 and this, right? Oh, my family did this. My brother did that. My children do this was with partnerships around this, you'll know whose pattern is this and what is it showing me? What is this showing me? Where is this in me? Then you're going to go to what am I afraid to lose? And what am I afraid to get if I got it? So inevitably fears come down to two things. I'm afraid to lose something and I'm afraid to get something. And if you're running narcissism, right? Or you grew up with narcissism, then there is this imposter thing that's running because imposter runs a lot with lack programs. So if you don't feel like you're worthy of it, then you're going to get presented with people who are just going to insert themselves as the authority in your life instead of you being the authority of your life. So pay attention to that as well. Freedom mapping. So once you get down, you're like, oh, I know exactly what this is. I have still deep trauma wounds around abandonment. I haven't really got a handle on the lack and victim program yet, but I'm getting better. It's showing up in my heart space. I can feel it in my sternum. 
then you're going to get really, really focused on the area of that part in your body and just be with it and talk to it. You can talk to it. I mean, I learned how to do this and I thought it was so woo. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not talking to my body. You're good. I'm good. We're out. If that helps you. Now I just put my focused attention and my awareness on it. I can feel that it lights up in my body and I just set the attention to diffuse it, transform it. That needs to return back to sender kind of thing. And you can imagine that that energy is, let's say, eliminating out of your field, moving to the edge of your spirit body, right? It transforms, transmutes, and then ripples back in purified, if you will. So if energy doesn't end or begin, it just transforms. Take these lit up spots in your body, set your attention to have them leave your field, move them to the end of your spirit body. You'll feel it sometimes for the more sensitive folks. It will reverb back to you and not have the same effect. At least for me, I yawn or I'll do a lot of yawning when I'm clearing. And that helps me. That's part of the freedom mapping exercise that I have coming out, not only in the book, but I have, I talk about more on this podcast. That's one aspect of it. Then you just are immediately grateful. Thank you so much for transmuting that nervous system. I know that was hard, but we're doing so well. And then you do it again. Thank you so much for showing that to me. I am so thankful to you body for bringing that up to my awareness. The body holds the score and we ignore it. The three big pillars of vibe higher protocols which you'll hear me talk about a lot, is freeing the mind, understanding the mind, subconscious programming, neuroscience, the law of mentalism, these types of things. The next thing is unlocking the body, body literacy, understanding where these things present themselves in the body. The last thing is vital force. So it's becoming truly limitless, understanding your relationship with self, other, and the physical form, that this is Tesla technology, that we are truly the universe, And when we start to understand that there is no separation, we work in conjunction with the body and the body catches up to you at spirit level. So many people are trying to grow at spirit level and they neglect the body and they're doing all this plant medicine, all these psychedelics, all this seeking. They want to go out. They want to leave. And I was like, y'all wrong way. It's in, you go infinitely in to your own zero point and you have access to everything, everything. And once you come online, you don't need to do nothing but trust yourself and build that muscle. Okay, last thing I'll tell you is this is a strategy that's employed for some folks to think about too. When you're being gaslit and in the presence of a narcissist, you can kind of save this in your mind. There's been lots of ones, right? You've got Roar, which is mine, and then you have Darvo, which is kind of something that's already in the psych field. Deflect and project, D, defend and deny, argue, reverse victim and offender. So if you're being gaslit and in the presence of a narcissist, they're going to try to do one of these things. You guys have done great. Re-listen to this as a resource to you and I'll have a meditation to follow. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session.